inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sycamore. With me is Benjamin Solek on a beautiful Fan Friday edition of the podcast. Ben, my good man, we opened up the questions. You know, to be fair, they've been very themed for the last probably two months here. We've been very draft-centric keeping it to the heart of what this podcast is all about. But we know that during the season, especially during the summer, you guys love when we do those Ask Me Anything kind of Fan Fridays where we go a little bit off the wall and outside of football. We decided to bring that back. So today we are doing a true Ask Me Anything edition of Fan Friday. But I know you had a chance to look at most of these questions did it? Did you already just start sweating again, trying to think of answers for these crazy questions that people ask us? There's a lot of references that I don't understand. Oh, it feels so good to be back, doesn't it? Yeah, there's oh, <laughs> nothing better than just being exposed to being young and uncultured. My favorite for well, the for the people. Yeah, rough for you, <laughs> the people. Um, I feel like we have a Bane reference now every single week. At least. I believe it's pronounced Tywin. <laughs> First question. God, that was good. You got me. Holy <laughs> cow. Just got God on my own podcast. First I feel qu- so bad if there's someone who just like who's a regular listener but just missed that one very regular not Fan Friday episode, which birthed, I think it's pronounced Tywin, because they're not going to get that joke the hundreds of times we do it in the years to come. But that's the best part about podcasts is that if you listen to a bunch of the episodes, you become part of the show. You guys become part of our family. And then you start getting the dumb inside jokes that we tell. <laughs> so then you can get engaged on podcasts just like this one. Ben, this is not a cultural references first question that uh, prohibits you from engaging in what it is. And the first question we're going with from Ian of the premium Slack channel, top five Easter candies. Do you have your list? Did you see this one? Yes, which this is a very funny question because there's a you, you do you ever have those debates that just like rage in your family forever? Um not yeah, like, normally like normally ones, no, normally ones. like turkey versus ham is the big one in my right. family. So I think when I was like maybe 12 or something, like I was like so a couple years ago, junior high school or something. I, I've always been very competitive. That was probably the worst of my competitiveness. My mother's very competitive, uh, and we were playing a game of categories. Which shout was out the ex- Great Maj. Shout yeah, the Great Maj and I were the only two who would win categories. We were kind of uh, neck and neck. My mother for types of candy put Easter, and to this day we have not reconciled over whether or not Easter candy is actually a type of candy because it is not. It is, it is a conglomerate. It is an amalgamation of various types of candies, <laughs> like Reese's eggs and Peeps and whatever. But it simply isn't, in case anyone was wondering. Okay. So that was the first, second, third, and fourth thing I thought of when I saw this question. But yes, I do have mine. Okay, well then, rattle them off. Let's go. You, you know the drill. Go from five to one. Okay. Um, five is Peeps. Without peeps a doubt. Without a doubt. Without Terrible. a doubt. Peeps suck. Peeps have never been good. I don't care how you serve them. I don't care what you serve them with. I don't care what flavors they are. Peeps are trash. What if we made a a a marshmallow taste like a neon sign? Like I just don't get it. Like what what did you you didn't add anything? Let's throw some let's throw some glitter on there so we make sure that the texture and consistency of whatever godforsaken thing that you're eating is even worse than it was originally. If the best thing I can do with you is microwave you to watch you blow up, you're a really bad candy. I have a low bar. <laughs> wait, I've never done you're that. Underneath it. Wait, I've never done that. Is that is that the move with peeps? Wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay. So marshmallows expand uh, uh, when you microwave them, and peeps specifically, they they like blow up. They're like they get huge. So what you do is you give you put two peeps in the microwave facing each other, and you give each one a toothpick, and then they sword fight because as they expand, they stab each other. You are an idiot. Okay, go on <laughs> with the list. Real thing. Okay, um, number four, jelly beans. I'm not a huge jelly bean guy. I'm mm-hmm. going to pick through and get like the reds and the purples, and I'm going to ignore the yellows and the, the uh, oranges. With my same policy with Starbucks. Um, three are Butterfingers. I like Butterfingers. They're solid. They're not great. Two is the solid chocolate 
uh, uh, what what it's called, the rabbit. Now, yeah. If it's like okay. a massive one and it's all milk chocolate, not really. But like you get like just like a decently sized one. And it's like an actual dark chocolate, so you can actually eat it in high volumes. I feel like that's very typical of Easter. So you got to put it up there. Sure. And then number one by a mile is uh, Reese's eggs. Yeah. Those are the, that's the one that matters the most. Okay, I'm gonna go. My list makes more sense if I go one to five. So okay. one one is Reese's eggs. That's it's number one there. Two, I have like good chocolate like any kind of good you kind of explained it there chocolate that you can like sit down and like enjoy in mass right, quantities exactly. three i have jelly beans we have relatively the same list four i have a gap as wide as the universe and then five i have peeps oh four four is literally all of the space all of the other candies that could be yeah i had to get i just had to get that in there um scott big shout out scott scott asked a couple of questions this week said draft gets canceled and no other sports seasons exist to pass the time. So you have to choose an AFL team, which is an Aussie Rules football team, to support. Based on whatever selection process you deem suitable, choose a team for your co-host to passionately follow and explain your reasoning. I don't know when the uh, when the A the AFL season is, but I did a little bit it's of research. It's currently ongoing because like ESPN was putting games on. Did it just start? Yeah. I don't know if it just started, but it's going on. So this is incredibly fascinating to me. Like Aussie rules football is extremely fascinating because I have no idea what's going on. And when I pick the teams, I obviously want to pick teams that don't like totally suck. So I kind of looked up who's been good as of late. Uh, I got two teams. One is the Richmond Tigers. And then the other is the Hawthorne Hawks. I wanted to pick the Richmond Tigers for you because... I believe their captain is also named Ben. I think. Oh wow! I didn't uh, get into into player names. That's awesome. Yeah, no, 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 no. The Hawthorne Hawks. Their captain's name is Ben Stratton. So I was gonna pick the Hawthorne Hawks ben? for you, and then the other one was Richmond Tigers. And I guess I was just gonna pick that one. But unless you had a better one for me. Well, so the Richmond Tigers do have the most recent premiership. <laughs> premiership. Uh, they won in 2019. They also have 12 total premierships, which is pretty high up there. Uh, I chose based exclusively off of fun saying the name because I feel like if I'm going to cheer, you know, for these two months extremely hard for mm-hmm. a football team I've never seen before, I just want to have fun. We got to get jerseys. For them. We got to get jerseys. Yes. Well, actually, kits. If you could. Ah, uh, yes, uh, of course. Yeah. 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 Em- embarrassing me. Um, <laughs> So I went. You idiot, Trev. So freaking dumb. I went for the Geelong Cats, brother. Yo, Geelong. What a name. Yeah. So Geelong, all right, is uh. Wait, the is, this, sec- wait is this for me or for you? This is I, so it's the team that I'm. Oh, because it said whatever, no, it's so it's right. So it's based on whatever selection process you deem suitable. It can be for the you. team for your co-host. It can be for you. It's fine. Right. It's fine. It's so fine. this is the team, right? This is the team that I want to root for. I read it as like I have to convince you why you should root for it. But yeah. So that the the name is hilarious. So then I started looking up Geelong, and Geelong is like a little like inlet town in the I believe it's like the southeast of Australia. The name means tongue of land or peninsula. It's freaking beautiful. Okay. It's I like mean big ups Australia. Right on the coast. The uh the max the max tap is sixty seven degrees. So it never gets warmer than that. Which I know that's good news for me. That's probably not good news for you. Um how cold does it get though? Like what's the low? Mean does- min temp is forty nine degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, it's not that bad it's not that bad people from geelong are known as geelongites or or pivotians because the city is known as the pivot as well as its nickname uh the cats were are the second oldest football club initially of the vfl the victorian football league uh and they have only actually played 120 seasons instead of the full 123 because they took three years off during world war one and world war two to go help fight the good fight literal allies pretty sure yeah they were allies um so yes go geelong go cats i've said this many times okay so i'm i'm audibling this you and i are now heavy geelong cats fans we're geelongites we this is a geelongite stand podcast yeah like lifelong we're, we are 100 percent following and now rooting for the geelong cats throughout the course of this podcast um so yeah that was good that was a that was a good thing there Ian had another question, said, the TDN crew have decided to reward its premium members with an exclusive TDN soundtrack, where you both, Kyle, Joe, and Jordan, all have to cover different songs individually, 
as well as a song with all of you together? What's everyone's individual songs and what would the group songs be? Okay. Did you write down different songs? Yes. I have. I'll go go first. I have for Kyle, uh, Porti Volare by Andrea Bocelli, which for everybody that doesn't know that song, that is the song at the end of Step Brothers that Will Ferrell sings like opera style which I just think would be incredible to watch Kyle do that. Um, Joe had to give a big shout-out to Luke Combs, so I have him singing uh, Never Broke My Heart. Luke Combs, that's who it was. I couldn't remember who that freaking country artist was. Uh, Jordan, I have doing Billie Jean by Michael Jackson just because I feel like Jordan can moonwalk. I have no idea why, but I feel like that is something Jordan can do, and I would like to see him actually do it, so I have him doing Billie Jean. And then I actually have you and I doing a duet, doing Numb by Linkin Park. You're Mike Shinoda, and I'm Chester. I'm unfamiliar with this song. You've, you, you've heard Numb by Linkin Park. I know what I've done. What I've done. Dude, Numb is by far their most popular song. I'm it so- wasn't on Guitar Hero. We're done here. The podcast is over. The podcast duo is over. If anyone would like to co-host a podcast with me, the only prerequisite I have is that you know Numb by Linkin Park. That's it. Please apply on Twitter.com at Tampa Bay Trey. Can you hum Numb? Hum Numb. <laughs> Brother, you need to know this song. You need to know. Can you can you at least Google okay. this song for me right now so you at least know numb what I'm talking about? Numb by Linkin Park. They always, I don't like how they spell Linkin. Okay. Oh, hang on! I have a TurboTax ad for the next three seconds. Oh my goodness! I'm so I'm so embarrassed that we're even at this point. This is one of the most iconic songs of our upbringing. Although it's probably on the edge of how old that you were when you heard this. The piano part at the beginning, iconic. Okay, iconic. so like obviously it's like I skipped to the chorus. I'd be able to pull this as Linkin Park, obviously, like at, immediately, but I don't never recognize the melody. At Holy all. cow! Okay, anyways, you're I'm I'm getting more embarrassed the longer that we do this. You and I are doing this song though, so you better learn it quick. What are your song choices for everybody? Right. So I um I uh, uh so Joe, I couldn't remember. I don't know any country artists, and so I I was like, who's that country artist you really likes? And it's Luke Combs. I forgot about it. it so I just googled popular country artists, and I got to Keith Urban. And then I Googled five of Keith Urban songs, and I got Blue Blue Ain't Your Color. So that's what Joe's singing. Hopefully he knows that song. Um, <laughs> he for sure knows that song. I also funny. gave Kyle a Step Brothers song, which is amazing. But I what? gave him Sweet Child of Mine. That's funny. Because I, I've before, I think it was during Shrine Week, but Kyle and I would just randomly go, ha, 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 from the car scene. Um, <laughs> yes. I gave Jordan Let It Go because Jordan's got two twin girls and I'm pretty sure he's going to be mired in Disney songs for the next uh, like five years at minimum. So that's that's where he's, his access is going to be. Okay. Trevor, I gave you the uh, the Dracula Vampire song from uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I would kill that song. Yes, because I figured I figured you would you would really get into it. You maybe you would have the puppets as well. <laughs> Um, and I swear to the Lord, when I see Van Helsing, I will slay him. Ha 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 ha! Right, and then for me, I should never be asked to sing at any time. That's a bad idea for everyone. Um, I know the entire lyrics to Gold Digger by Kanye West. And I feel like everybody would be entertained if I did that. So I feel like I would get mostly ridiculed. So that's on the table. As with most things that I do. Did you have a group song? Because I forgot to say mine. But No, but I, our TDN boy band name, I figured we should do just a, 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 any Mayochism we can. So we could be the Hog Mollies. Oh, yeah, uh, that might be something. I, yeah, have, us, we... I have us covering uh, International Players Anthem by UGK because there's four people in it. So I think that that's just a lot. And it's a banger of a song. sounds like a good song. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is. It is a good dancing song. bears, the lunch pail gang, the blue chippers, Jags, <laughs> just the Jags. Yeah, Jags. All right. Uh, so there we go. Um, yeah. Matt said favorite burger joint and why is it Culver's? I came up with the top five of like common burger places. Do you have a top five or do you just have a one? 
Okay, so I I do have I have, I have like I could name a couple of my top guys. I have a one for sure. Okay, um, but is Culver's like I've only recently been introduced to Culver's in Michigan. Is it known as like a burger spot? Uh, I mean, what else would it be known as? I don't. To me, it's just like all general fast food. Like to me, like that. Like from my experience of McDonald's or from my experience of Culver's, it looks like a McDonald's or a Wendy's or Breaking Has. Like I mean, everything. I think so, but I, yeah. people would probably identify it as an everything. But you know, there are some places that are bur- like Chick Fil A is obviously like a chicken place. Um, yeah. Wendy's is. I would consider Wendy's a burger place. I'd probably consider McDonald's a burger place. Same as with Burger King. So any fast food place that serves burgers. I think it's just considered to be a burger place. Yeah, to me, like I think there's a distinction between like a fast food place that has burgers and has other things, and like Five Guys, Shake and Shack, uh, Shake Shack, excuse me, uh, In and Out. Like to me, which are like exclusively burger places. But anyway, okay. my number one spot is Five Guys. I love Five Guys. I know Five Guys is more expensive, um, but I like the fact that I can just whatever I want because I'm not like the sort of guy who has just one order. Like I, I, I. I, I Oh, I want mushrooms this time. So, like, I like the fact that you just customize everything. Uh, and I think the, the fries are really good and the portion sizes are really big. Um, Shake Shack is probably my number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steak and Shake also is really good. I love steak burgers. I think they're awesome. They're very underrated. I've never been I out can't, west. So, so I, I, I like Steak and Shake, but I can't enjoy Steak and Shake unless I'm getting, like, a 4 by 4 Like, unless you're putting four patties on there because I think they're so thin. I think they taste good. I think, like, Steak and Shake is good. Well, their fries aren't good. But I think Steak and Shake's burgers are good. But if I don't get – if I'm not getting, like, a quad stack, it ain't even dent in my hunger, I feel. Well, let me ask you this. Why would you not be getting a 4 by 4 at Steak and Shake? Why would you make that decision? I feel like there's a lot of people who go, like, oh, yeah, I'll just take a double. And I'm like, okay, why don't we just eat an air? Idiots. I mean, like, at Five Guys, if you're if you're like Five Guys does it right. It's not like a cheeseburger and a double cheeseburger. It's a cheeseburger and a little cheeseburger. You have to go up there and admit to yourself you are a small boy if wow. you only want one. That's patty. great. You know, that's great. Yeah. That's true. Um, but anyway, so like, I cannot wait at some point in my life to try Whataburger and In and Out, mm-hmm. but I just have never because I've never been there. Never, never been down south. Never been to the west. So someday soon, hopefully. Okay, so five for me is Whataburger. If we're talking just normal fast food chains what a burger is the best like out of the burger kings the mcdonald's the wendy's like right. those kind of things if you throw what a burger in there i think what a burger is the best four for me is five guys three is red robin oh red robin's also up there in my top ones i it's like good. Red robin culver's is number two and then shake shack is number one i don't have in and out on there in and out is good that's as far as i'd go wow in and out is good. It's not. Yeah, I feel like these these two spots, In and Out, Whataburger, been so gassed. I'm gonna go and be so disappointed by it's, both of them. Again, you will go and you'll be like, "Yeah, okay, that was good," and that's it. But yeah, like the West Coast people try to gas In and Out up, and it's never it's never lived up to that kind of hype. Now I go every time I'm out west because it's just what you do, right? You got to hit the pick for the gram. You got to make sure people know you're on the West Coast. But yes, I do most things for the pick on the gram. Yeah, I know you're a big gram guy. Um, yeah. So that's probably that's that's kind of my explanation of burger places. Uh, Scott also asked this question, and I love it. Rank these Sesame Street characters. Yes, from most enjoyable to least enjoyable to have to spend three months in isolation with. Okay, but it's not just the characters; there are caveats with them. <laughs> I know that bothers you, Elmo. But he has flatulence issues. Big Bird, but he always wants to watch Two and a Half Men reruns. Oscar the Grouch, but despite bad hygiene, he has to stay at least 1.5 meters away from you at all times. Cookie Monster, but he wants to invest in his multi-level marketing opportunity. Bert, but he's on an intense juice cleanse. Ernie, but he isn't a fan of wearing pants. Grover, but he is stubborn. But he stubbornly believes your favorite team should draft a running back in round one. All right, so hit the from list. most in, from most enjoyable to least enjoyable. Yes, number one, Oscar. You won't want to talk to me, and he has to stay one point five <laughs> meters away from me. It's a decent amount of space. I'm I'm very comfortable with that. Number two is Grover. At least we'll be talking football all the time, and the running back in round one conversation is objectively a very interesting one. Okay. Uh, 
Third is Bert. The juice cleanse really doesn't affect me. Just Bert isn't that enjoyable of a person to begin with, <laughs> I feel like. And I should preface this by saying my memory of these Sesame Street cre- uh, character personalities and demeanors may not be entirely accurate, but I remember Bert as being a little bit fastidious, and I don't want anything to do with that for three months. <laughs> uh Cookie Monster, investing in my in his multi-level marketing opportunity. Cookie Monster isn't that bright, so I don't think it's, it's going to be hard to convince him that the multi-level marketing opportunity is not great of a thing. My biggest concern with the Cookie Monster edition is I, I I like cookies and I would like to eat them during the quarantine. And I feel like with Cookie Monster in the building, I won't be able to. I'm very um, alarmed that you haven't said my number one yet. I'm very alarmed. Is your number one Ernie? No, keep going. Okay. Well, then, uh, so remaining, I have Ernie. Uh, isn't a fan of wearing pants. To be honest with you, Ernie, sometimes during the day, I'm also not a fan of wearing pants. I'm assuming boxers are okay in this scenario. No. Not, we're having I, a different conversation. No, I think no. I think the pants are totally off. All right, we're kicking Ernie to the bottom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that puts him below Elmo with flatulence issues. Man, I mean, like, you know. Sometimes that's how it is. Yeah. It's Lent right now for me, which means no meat, no dairy. Which means no uh, farting. For, well, no, it means a lot of beans. It means a lot of mm. veggie sausage. Mm. It's sometimes just the way it is, brother. It's okay. Uh, Big Bird with the Two and a Half Men reruns. As a man who's never watched Two and a Half Men. <laughs> is Big Bird this low? Okay, okay, keep going. All right, whatever. Firstly, Big Bird is extremely grating, okay? <laughs> very large, very dull, and I'm worried about that one vine of him kicking the door down. <laughs> I don't want to be living with, with somebody who looms as such. The, 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 the big thing is this. If he always wants to watch Two and a Half Men reruns, I can't watch something else, right? So it's not so much the Two and a Half Men reruns as it is like I would want to – Finish Peaky Blinders, but I couldn't because I don't Big know, Bird has I don't, the remote. I don't, I don't know if you can't watch anything else. He's just like anytime it's up to him, he's gonna want to watch Two I'm and a Half Men. Trevor, in a situation where Big Bird and I are contesting over the remote, <laughs> Big Bird's gonna win in most of the situations. He's got a beak and he's got size. <laughs> so then, then my last one would be Ernie, uh, who needs to learn some human puppet decency and start wearing some pants, even though. You know, he doesn't even have legs to begin with. That's a whole different story. Uh, Big Bird is my number one. That's the easiest to that's the easiest to deal with here. Two and a half men. It's going to get extremely repetitive. But um, yeah, I mean, like it, 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 it'd be fine. It wouldn't be the that thing big is when deal. the quarantine ended and you could just recite every two and a half man episode by memory. It would be a fun skill. I know. That would be a very useful skill. Uh, Oscar is number two because, like you said, like he's basically just going to keep to himself, and yet he's also going to uh, enact social distancing, which is good. Grover is three. Again, like you said, you know, we're talking football. Um, I'd probably just eventually punch him straight in the face if he just continued to tell me that uh, Tampa should take a running back at number 14 overall. Cookie Monster, I have him at four. Uh, wow. You know, him trying to convince me to invest in a multi-level marketing opportunity, that's basically just everyone I went to high school with. So, I'm going to say, uh, like, that sounds to me, like, objectively entertaining. Like, in Cookie Monster's voice being like, and so you bring three people on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, to me, that's like, <laughs> I would be very, I would be entertained. <laughs> um... Bert's after that. I mean, he's going to be on an intense juice cleanse, so he's not going to be pleasant, but maybe I could just stay on the other side of the house. Um, Ernie, I have it at six. You know, it's just uh, him him walking around, uh, no bottoms is not ideal, but uh, Elmo at least not squeaking in that voice, farting up the place is, is definitely probably like the most not ideal in this situation. Again, with Ernie, I could probably just like avoid him, uh, just keep the eye contact at full times and then um, just be on opposite sides of the house. I'm not really going to be able to avoid it with Elmo. He's just going to want to hang out too much and I'm just going to, it's going to be an ugly situation. So there you go. That was, uh, that was our, that was our, so British, besides <laughs> a seven. big disagreement on big bird, we pretty much we, have the same list. Yeah. We're, we're, mu- we are much of the same mind here. Uh, you and an NFL draft prospect have somehow been quarantined in the same house together for a period of several weeks who do you want to be quarantined with and why that's from francis big shout out francis this is a football question which is i said justin jefferson andrew thomas or deandre swift just because i know that they play video games and i would just like to see if i could whoop their ass at video games 
I know Josh Uche plays video games. Josh right. Uche's been tweeting about how much he doesn't like the gulag in Warzone. He doesn't like, like it. Well, how I think he I think he performs poorly. Yeah, in the gulag. Well, he got to he yeah he's got to get his uh he's got to get his, his gulag skill up. game up. Yeah, like it's come right. on, man. Whoever it would be would one hundred percent have to be a defensive back because they could talk to me for three three months. Think like you know quarterbacks, offensive linemen, linebackers. Eventually, we run out stuff to talk about. Defensive back, they never run out of things to talk about. So I feel like I would definitely want a DB. Um, I feel like Akuda would be fun. I feel like CJ Henderson would be fun. I like think Akuda would Akuda would be a fun roommate. Yeah, uh, I loved talking to Fulton at the combine because Fulton's wicked smart. Um, so, but but I think a defensive back is critical. Whenever it's like, who do you want to hang out with? Mm. Yeah, a corner. <laughs> good, uh, you know, you bring up good points there. Jack has two questions. One, does Ben calling the entire premium Slack enemies of the pod make him an enemy of the pod? No. All right, Ben says no. Second, top Try five. Again. Top five MCU solo movies. Guardians of the Galaxy counts. So basically any non-Avengers movie. Okay, so... Brings us back to the age-old question that we always discussed. Is Captain America Civil War actually an Avengers movie? No. Then it's number one by a mile. Nope. Trevor. What's up? You don't agree with what you just said. Yeah, I do. Oh, you think it's Winter Soldier? You're so dumb. The people will find out. Give me your five. Okay, so one would be uh, Captain America Civil War. I'd have two probably as Black Panther, three as Winter Soldier, four as Ragnarok. Mm, Homecoming? Oh, Homecoming is a good one. Yeah, I mean, like, it's so... Homecoming's on there. Like, it feels very odd to not have the first Cap or the first Iron Man on there. Just Dude, both the first Cap just... movie is not good. Hang up. The first Captain America movie? Hang up! Is not good. Trevor. <laughs> is this... What? Now you know how I feel when you don't even know what Numb by Linkin Park is. No, okay, okay. This there's is how the table difference. turns. No, there's well, not. Okay. No, there's not. Numb by Linkin Park. What year did this come out? 2003. I was six. Okay, and you... Uh, I'm... Why weren't you bumping it at six? <laughs> and why wasn't Linkin Park blasting over your Walkman? I don't it know what is. there was in 2003. Oh, my God. Okay, no, I don't think that Captain America, the first one, is bad. I think that when you put it up against the other Marvel movies, it's clearly in, like, the bottom half, lower tier of the movies. Okay, Captain America, the first Avenger, or Iron Man 1? Iron Man 1. Just die. Just don't be here right now. <laughs> you Iron really Man 1 is you hated good... you hated Iron Man one that much? No, Iron Man one is a good movie. It is a good movie. It it kicks off Tony Stark, who's the most charismatic and 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 engaging member of the MCU, and starts off a, a, a really strong trilogy. Whatever. First Avenger literally lays the foundation for the entire. Universe! Who from Iron Man 1 matters in any other subsequent movies Tony to the Stark. same degree that Red Skull do, that Howard Stark does, that Bucky Brooks, uh, uh, Bucky, whatever the Bucky Brooks! Name is. <laughs> I 100% just dip straight into actual NFL draft talk. <laughs> And now for the life of me, I cannot remember what Bucky's last name in these movies. I, I just, dude, I just think it's a better movie. Oh my god! If you want to go with significance, obviously the Captain America trilogy has by far the most significance in the MCU like movies. By far, it's not even close. But I think Iron Man One is a better movie than Captain America One. What is the equivalent moment to Steve Rogers jumping on the grenade? Which, by the way, is thrown by Tommy Lee Jones, who just cameos in this movie, and we all act like that's regular. What is the equivalent moment to that moment in Iron Man 1? I don't know. Now i got to think of Iron Man 1. Probably the moment that Tony says we're not going to make nuclear weapons anymore. Oh, yes, because Tony at Oppressor is just such an inspiring moment. Who's better villain, Obadiah Stone or Red Skull? 
Oh, definitely Obadiah Stone. We need to talk about something else right now. <laughs> I'm actually trolling with that one. I'm just 100, I'm, I, I'm 100% trolling with that one. It's the only reason I remained in the room. All right, so keep going down your five. I went down my five. Oh, okay. I, t- I just I forgot because, okay. All right, all right. So my five. Number one, the GOAT Marvel movie, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is the best solo MCU movie. I have Black Panther number two, Civil War number three, Guardians of the Galaxy one as number four, and then Thor Ragnarok number five. Those are my five. I get, like yeah, I don't know. It's I know it's a perfect list. I know I, if you could go back and change yours, I, I'd let you. But unfortunately, I mean, we can't even yeah. do that. So I yeah. struggle with the Guardians movies in 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 lists like these because and like this is a good thing for the Guardians movies. They're just so different than all the other MCU movies, right? Even the Avengers, like even even though it's a it's a committee cast and it's a group of heroes, a band. Just like the vibe and, and the production and, and the spirit of it is just so much of a different speed, which is like good. Like it's one of the reasons why the Guardians are so enjoyable. Um, but it's just hard to like, I don't know. They always feel like a you know, maybe same universe, but like different galaxies, sort of a situation when it comes to the MCU. I, I hear you, but I do not think that that's enough reason to not count in the solo movies. All right. No, that's fair. I, I got you. So I love, I do love guardians one. So that's why it's got to be in there. Scott also said, rank your top five favorite Australian people. Yeah. So I looked up some Australian people. Okay. Um, great. Good to know you did research. Yeah. Uh, big fan of Hugh Jackman. Okay. Big fan of, uh, uh, of Margot Robbie. Okay, they're on my um, list as well. Yeah, there's a lot of names I didn't recognize, if we're going to be very frank. Uh, my name is Trevor, but okay. Well, who else do you have? Uh, Number one, Steve Irwin. Goat, rip. Oh, wow. Number two, Heath Ledger. Goat, rip. Uh, Heath Ledger's Australian. Yes, I believe so. Oh, wow. Shout out Heath. Chris Hemsworth. Margot Robbie. Hugh Jackman. That's my five. So Liam Hemsworth doesn't make it, but Chris Hemsworth no, does. No, of course not. No. Jeez. Big sad for Liam. Good God. I'm trying to think of anybody I know who's Australian who's not an actor. Who's not an actor? Yeah. I don't know. Who's it? Okay. Uh, Keith Urban. Keith Urban's Australian. Yeah, I guess so. I think he's still a media personality. Or, all right. Can I move on? Or are you still are you still debating here? I'm just reading uh, the culture trip top ten list of influential Australians. You should know. I don't know. One of these is a horse. Okay, let's go. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's the horse's name? Far Lap. All right, we stand unconditionally. Yeah, big ups, Far. Yeah, we're you know lifelong Lap household. His mysterious death in California in 1932. What? What? What, <laughs> what happened? One of the most influential Australians I should know is a horse who mysteriously died before the Great Depression. Okay, we need a whole podcast on this, but we're, that, it's going to have to be for another time. Somebody else tell us to dive into, to dive into this horse. Yeah. Okay. Did you see the question? We're moving over to Twitter now because we started on the on the premium Slack, and we got to go to some of the Twitter questions. I know there are a couple more on the premium Slack, but we got to go over to Twitter. Mitch has the morality alignment chart. Did you see it? Yeah, he asked us this last time. We didn't get to do it. Yeah. And I was sad that we didn't get to do I, it. I, I wanted to make sure that we got it in. So he, Mitch asked us to put the TDN staff into a morality alignment chart, which is it's the, it's the nine boxes that have lawfully good, lawfully neutral, lawfully evil, and then the same for neutral category, and then the same for a chaotic category. I would love to hear what your morality chart looks like. So I think, so yeah, right. I didn't fill it out hard and fast. Cause I think everything is up for debate and for conversation. You, I am certain are chaotic. Good. I'm positive. Wow. That's just so spot on. Yes. No, I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm certain about that. I believe, uh, I, I feel comfortable saying that, that page is neutral. Good. I don't think Paige is at, like, I think on a lot of other settings, Paige would be more so on the chaotic side of things, but among us, I just don't think she makes the cut. Um, then I have... Is uh, Lawful Good, like, full-on, like, structure, or is that what this is supposed to be? I mean, like, I don't, like, there's, uh, there's like, 
more specific descriptions for all of them that you can like find on Reddit or whatever, but I don't know exactly what they are. So so I have you as chaotic good, I have Paige as neutral good, and I have Dre as true neutral, right? Because I feel like Dre is just yeah, very yeah. cool with everything that happens. Beyond that, I, I struggle to place everybody everywhere. I'm trying to look up like what exactly usually follow some sort of code they hold very dearly uh similar structure maybe even within certain defined limits okay so yeah like lawful is just like more structured people um who's more lawful i feel like joe is very structured right i would say joe is joe like, is a like lawful la- good yeah joe is lawful good okay ben i feel mm, i would say like in some ways you're structured but in other ways you're not i'm very haphazard yes yeah I don't want to call anybody evil. I'll say I'll say Jordan is. Oh, Jordan's lawful good though. Mm-hmm. It's like the good neutral evil thing is tough for me. Yeah, who's evil on staff other than you? I'm about to say it's like me and Kyle. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Kyle's ca- neutral evil, and then you're chaotic evil. Oh wow! I am honored. Jordan is lawful good like lawful neutral lawful good yeah yeah and then joe is whichever one he's not we don't have a yeah. really like structured evil person on the staff where is rob i have no idea where to put rob but you you grew up with rob through college so you know rob better than me but like i looked at this and i was like i feel like all of these are wrong for rob rob would be i think rob would be more structured so i would say that rob is lawful neutral that's what i would say oh wow that's lame okay okay well <laughs> Here we are. Better next time. Create a video game plot that involves grabbing the last pack of toilet paper in the store. Okay, you want to know my answer for this? Yes, please. You know, you probably didn't. Did you play Modern Warfare Two? So I've actually, I, I should tell you this. I should admit this to you personally. So I never played Call of Duty growing up. Well, like I would go play at a friend's houses if like they had it or whatever. But like I never had gaming consoles growing up when i played video games as you know everyone's showing their shocked face everyone yes i i and now i play games with my buddies now just because like you know whenever we're like checking in and saying hi because we're all like live in different places now like you know you play rocket league don't you yeah we play rocket league yeah they have started playing Warzone. oh yeah yeah yeah. so i didn't get to talk with them as much and i was big sad about this so i was like i will download Warzone. it's free to play on it is on on pc so I will do this, and then I'll be really bad. All right, so anyway, I'll be able to talk with them. The, the Trevor, what? This game is so freaking fun. Which game? Warzone. Warzone. Duh, dude. Call of Duty is the best. Oh my! Why did no one tell me? Jesus Christ! Uh, so Modern Warfare Two. There's a scene in Modern Warfare Two in the campaign where you just completed a mission where you really weren't supposed to survive. You're walking up to this helicopter. Uh, your general is coming up to you, Shepard. Actually, I don't. Is Shepard a general? I can't remember. Anyways, Shepard's the character's name, and he's coming up to you, and he's about to, like, help you into the helicopter or whatever, and then instead, he just straight up shoots you and betrays you and then shoots your other two buddies that are right there because he's working for the other side. Basically, what we're going with here is Ben and I have escaped our houses because we need toilet paper because we're on a shortage. We get all the way to the store. We're able to maneuver ourselves to find the very last roll of toilet paper. And then as I grab and say, all right, cool, we're good to go, Ben pulls out a gun and then just shoots me right there. Betrays me. Wow. Takes the last roll of toilet paper. That's what happens. That's the video game plot. I'll be honest with you. I have no idea how much toilet paper I have in my house right now. I sure hope it's a lot, though. <laughs> should probably get a uh, inventory actually uh gage said joe exotic offers you a job at his facility this is obviously from the netflix documentary tiger king you can work with any species of animal you like which are you choosing and why ben i'm assuming you haven't seen tiger king no what species of animal does he have so i mean he's got bears he's got wolves he's got tigers he's got lions he has ligers i think or maybe that was doc that had the liger um you have panthers i think yeah i think that he does have panthers Panthers are cool i'm trying to think of some of the other i he's got certain kinds of like monkeys i think he has elephants i know doc does for sure 
Yeah, Doc does for sure. Yeah, Doc does for sure. I mean, from it's. <laughs> It's it. I mean, like it's easy for me. It's Tiger Cubs. I mean, I'm 100 percent right. So that my, my follow because I love be, Tiger Cubs. Which animal does he have that is already fairly domesticated? I.e., likes to snuggle. I don't know if any of these wild exotic animals <laughs> like to snuggle, but if you want to pick a smaller one, you could probably pick a Tiger Cub. Yeah, they're gonna get me a little 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 baby jungle cat. Do right. us a nuzzle. He's gonna That's eat, the move. Gonna eat you live. Daniel said you have to pick one Game of Thrones character to play on offense and one on defense. Doesn't have to be specific positions. You can select the person and give them a position. Who do you choose for both sides of the ball? Uh, somebody, I saw somebody responded to this one with the dragon. I'm gonna pick the dragons. Like, <laughs> this is big brain. That's the that move. Is big, that is big brain. Um, do you have a? Do you have your? Do you have your answers? Yeah, no, so I'll play on, on the defensive side of the football. I'll have the Hound at rush end, okay. and on the offensive side of the football, I'll have the Mountain at offensive tackle. Okay, all right. Please so and thank you. I went with the Mountain as a one-tech on defense. I got him playing interior. He's just going to be completely unblockable right closest to the ball. And on the other side, I got Brienne as my blind side because the woman would die. For those who she protects. So that's what I'm going with. The Jets could really use Brienne of Tarth right now. That's all I'm saying. She might be available in the draft at 11. Not sure she makes it to that point, but if she does, Mm -hmm. Jets got to jump. I mean, there's no character questions on her whatsoever. No, absolutely not. Maybe like too loyal. You know, when you're in those interview (laughs) questions and you're asking, they're like, oh, what's a weakness of yours? And be like, sometimes I care too much right and they're like they're like oh, we wow. really liked our uh we really liked our our uh combine meet with her sustainable we'll meet with her but uh she told us she would die for us a lot <laughs> and we became a little concerned great chick great chick-fil-a employee though logan asked how many characters can you name from the goonies there's a large one who eats a candy bar i don't know that one all i know is the names mikey brand and chunk those are the only yes, ones i know chunk that one okay those are the I I, I I only know their names. I've never I've never I've seen the Goonies like in passing, but I've really never like sat down. Although while we're here, I am in a group chat, a text group chat called the Rangoonies, where we just kind of go back and forth and share pictures of crab rangoons with each other anytime we eat it. I feel like that is more my speed of goon based <laughs> thing. What about, what about a hockey goon, like an enforcer? Is that oh, just like a guy who beats up on people? Yeah. They're, that's, yeah probably, they're, that's way outside of my scope, man. Yeah, probably is. Um, Markel said, there is a TDN Pro Day. Rank the TDN members how they would do in testing. Do you think Benjamin's stock would rise or fall? I personally think he'd kill it in the interview portions because he's too smart for teams not to fall in love with him. And Trevor goes first because it's his pot. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I mean... I would do better in the interviews than the on-field testing. With that, I agree. I don't think my stock would overall go up unless the expectation was that, like, I can't run even 40 yards, in which case I will exceed expectations. Uh, I have Kyle being the fastest, winning the 40. Ben's killing the interview process. Joe's benching the most. Kyle's probably also going to have the longest or the highest vertical. I'll have the longest broad. I'll also have the fastest three-cone. And then Jordan is obviously going to destroy all of us in the on-field drills. About the positional testing, yeah. yeah. Dude, I want to know Joe's real 40 times so bad, because the only 40 we've ever gotten from Joe, both of his hammies pulled by the end. Would you rather only have picks 5, 10, 20, and 30 in the draft, or have two picks in each round besides the first? Yeah, I very much liked this question. I found I, it, I think it's it's a fun thought exercise in terms of value i think i'm like extremely tempted by 5 10 20 30 but i think i would have to take all the second all the picks and the, the two picks in the second two picks in the third two picks in the fourth so on and so forth because i can still trade up right i'm allowed to i guess well with 5 10 20 and 30 i'm allowed to trade back so either way that that transactional value kind of works but i just like the idea of having that many swings of the bat i think you're making 12 third 12 picks in that situation versus four picks is just preferable to me even though 
uh, the picks are so much more devalued relatively. I would pick 5, 10, 20, 30. I wouldn't even think twice about it. I just get better players. Yeah, but like if you pick two hits and two busts, you've got two starters. But like it's not just two starters when you're picking that high, though. Like that could be like two stars. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, like with 5, 10, 20, 30 in this draft, you're hypothetically drafting like Isaiah Simmons, Tristan Wirfs, Jerry, Judy, and. Not at 20. And Jonathan Taylor. I don't know. Zach Bond. Yeah, you are getting yourself Denzel a good draft. I agree. Shout out to Topher, though. That was a great question. Drew said, My wedding is supposed to be in June. With everything going on, give me two crazy scenarios that will end with my fiance and I still getting married by September 1st if our original plan falls through. I feel so bad for you, man. This is the worst. My sister also is delaying her wedding as well. It's going to be Memorial Day weekend, but now she's got to push it back. It's big sad. Yeah. So uh, here's the crazy reality everybody does what they're supposed to do uphold social distancing, don't go outside. Don't be dumb about this. Vaccine gets created and Drew gets to have his wedding. There. If you're out there listening, stay at home. So For Drew, Drew. So Drew can get married. We want the man to be happy. He's only got one too. shot at this. That's, yeah. Know. Maybe well, he has many. Well, he I, he kind of has many. But, you know, we're hoping it's only one. <laughs> we're hoping it's only one, and we hope he gets the chance to do that this summer. All right, final two questions. How come safety is brought up as a common need for the Jaguars, I feel like I always see Duggar Chin mocked to them. Safety is the third and is third on the MDM's needs list, but rarely do they go into your offensive line. What do you think about the Jags? Yeah, so I like so I had to do the Jaguars for some of our team guide work, and I watched Gerard Wilson, and I hear it. Like I think that you know uh, for a UDFA, he's panned out pretty nicely and they they picked up his option if memory serves uh for the next season and i think appropriately so but you don't want wilson to be a starting safety for you i think on on the back end and when you have to go single high he's just he's he's not a high impact player uh, so i think that he's a quality depth piece i'd like him on special teams i'd like him at safety three but i think you do want to replace him at starter deep now in terms of positional value, could you argue that other positions are more important than safety? Sure, mm-hmm. but I just can't get I can't get all the way around to saying that Wilson is anything more than quality depth. All right, Javal, I'll ask one more question, and this is the final one. You are in a train murder mystery. Trevor and Ben are the detectives. Must solve the case in under three hours using TDN staff members. Who's the person who got murdered? Where's the train heading to? Who are the suspects? Who's the killer? Also, why did the killer do it? Is this one? On, this one's on Twitter. Yes, this one is at the very end on Twitter. I got it okay. for you. You ready for Hit it? Me with it? Yes. Okay. All right. So, a couple weeks ago, it was a train, common train ride, but all of a sudden, you know, somebody dies on it. You go, okay, this is not great. Somebody died on the train. Week later, same train, same point A to point B. Somebody else dies. New person. I go. All right. That's two in a row now. We know that there's going to be a third. So Ben and I are hired to get on the train at that exact point a week later going from point A to point B. While we're sitting on the train, we're kind of talking about the case next to each other. Yeah. Who overhears us? But a New York-looking dude wearing a paper hat, reading the paper, it's Robert Juden. Obviously. All right. Overhears a conversation, said that he knew the first guy that got murdered. Had a little bit of clues to us, gets in on the conversation. We like, We go, all right, you're in the group. So he says that we got to try to get up to the more important cars there at the front of the train. So we start to walk up a couple of the train cars. We get up to one. We end up bumping into this guy. He starts freaking out with us. Almost tries to fight Ben and kill Ben, but then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this Peaky Blinder-looking guy comes up and saves us, beats up the guy that was beating us up. Who is it? It's Kyle Krabs. All right? So we get talking to Kyle Krabs. We thank him for helping us. Kyle does have a Peaky haircut. I never realized Thank you for helping us. And then he says that he knew the second guy that was murdered the week after. That's why he was on this train here. So we go, okay, well, now we're all friends. Now we need to, we know that we need to get even further up the train to figure out what's going on because Kyle gives us some more clues. So eventually we get to a car, and people find out what we're doing. There's some henchmen in one of the cars, and then it just turns out into a full-out brawl, right? We're like, we're all yeah. fighting, whatever. We all get to the front of the car, but there are too many of them. There's like, there's like 11 of them in the car, and there's only, too many. There's only four of us there. But then Paige, 
out of nowhere, opens the door behind us to get into the next car, pulls us all through, and then pulls the pin that's holding the other cars together so we actually escape from them. Always amazing to me how protagonists know how to separate train cars instinctively. Yep. So then now we're all grouped together, and Paige tells us that in order to figure out what we're looking for, there's somebody on the roof who has been here the whole time, saw everything that happened, and can tell us who did it, why, and where we need to go. We go up on the roof, and there's Jordan Reed, okay? He tells us us that what we're searching for— is as black as coal, but worth more than gold. But that's all he'll say. And then he vanishes as if he was like an angel. Okay? So hey, Jordan get, was not as helpful as I thought he was going to So we be, get back honest. in the car and we go, all right, what does this have to do? Coal, blah, blah, coal train. Wait, there's coal at the front of the train. Conductors, they're running the train. That's how they do it. So then we end up getting to the very front of the train. Who's the conductor? It's Joe Marino. Okay. I'm not surprised anymore about the additional TDN guys, by the way. I and, keep figuring out that's happening. And Joe was the one who murdered the other people because he's got something so valuable in the front of the train that's hidden behind all the coal. And what is it? It's toilet paper. Why is the toilet paper as black as coal? Be- no, be- I'm saying that like coal was the hint to get us up to the front, like oh. where the conductor was, because he'd tell us that that's where the killer would be. And then we arrest him, and Ben, who obviously knows how to conduct a train, then stops the train, and uh, Joe gets arrested. We get to keep uh, the toilet paper and disperse it to the good people because Joe is trying to hoard the toilet paper and then sell it on Amazon for upscaled prices to try to make a profit by ripping off people and not giving it to them when they're in need. Profiteering with the Charmin. You hate to see it. So there you go. That's the story. That's the train mystery story, how we solved it, how we came together as a team. And why Joe? Except for Joe and prison. Jordan, who was like an oracle sort of figure, who really didn't <laughs> offer much to the team. Dude, he told us where we needed to go. Okay. Yeah, but in he riddle a, form, and then vanished. He was an integral part of figuring out the mystery. I don't know. I have to have a conversation with Jordan about his decision making. That's all we got for this week. Really enjoyed this Fan Friday. Thank you guys so much for getting in on the show. We really enjoy it when you guys hit us up on the premium Slack as well as Twitter. I think that that's probably how we're going to do it from now on. Every time that we have a Fan Friday, we're going to go to the premium Slack questions first. Then we'll go to some of the ones on Twitter. So if you want to make sure that your question is answered, make sure you're a TDN premium member. And you're talking in the premium Slack. It's one of my favorite things to do now that we all got a lot of downtime. There's a lot of football talk going on there. Ben and I have a special treat for you guys coming up next week. Next week, starting on Monday, we will begin our favorite project of the year. And that is our guest beat writer mock draft where Ben and I will have a different guest for every single pick of a first-round mock draft, and from that point on until the what, what is going to be draft week, we're going to have two different shows, two different guests every single day making picks, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll pile it all together. We'll give you guys a link so you can follow along. It is by far my most favorite thing that we do every year. We learn so much. We get so much insight from the people that cover these teams the best, where they might be looking for, who they would pick if they were calling the shots. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait to get it started. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.